be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Good morning and welcome to our worship service. We're grateful for your presence. If you're visiting, as always, we encourage you to come back. We are grateful for your presence. We're always thankful to have visitors in our midst. We're grateful to have the Woods join hands with us today. And we're grateful for the Surratts and others that have placed membership. And we look forward to working together for good in this community. And if you are currently looking for a church home, we do invite you to give consideration to the work here at Olive Branch. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, the passage that Michael read just a moment ago, verse 42. What I want us to talk about today has to do with staying strong through the summer months. And there is the need for us to be faithful and true to the Lord throughout the summer. This is the time of year when many of us begin to think about enjoying some downtime. As a matter of fact, there are many who are contemplating taking a vacation. And all of us look forward to getting, to getting away and enjoying some quality time with family and friends. It is said of Jesus in Luke chapter 5 at verse 16 that he often withdrew into the, into the wilderness and there prayed. It's interesting to me that Jesus, though very busy during his earthly ministry, recognized the need for rest from time to time. Well, all of us want to enjoy periods of rest and relaxation, but what we need to guard against is going on vacation from our spiritual lives. And so for a few moments, I want us to think about staying strong through the summer months. And we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2, as I said a moment ago. I invite you to turn and look at these verses with me as we think about this period of study together today. I do also want to mention the fact that our VBS is coming up in a couple of weeks and we still need individuals to join hands with us in this effort. We want to encourage each and every one to be a part of our Vacation Bible School this year. As has been mentioned, our goal is 200 and we believe that we can attain this goal and we need your help in achieving this and so please mark your calendars. June the 23rd is when our Vacation Bible School begins, and we want to literally fill this building with young people. All right, having said that, let's look at Acts 2, verse 42, as we think about staying strong through the summer months. The first thing that I would suggest to you as we think about staying strong in our spiritual lives is we need to be committed to the Word of God. There needs to be a deep and abiding conviction that the book that we call the Bible is indeed the Word of God. And we're going to be committed to this book throughout the duration of our earthly life. Look at what is said in Acts 2 at verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. We're talking about those who became members of the Lord's church on Pentecost Day. Once they obeyed the gospel, they stayed true to the teaching of our Lord. Doctrine means teaching. 
And these people stayed true to the teaching of the apostles. Now, as you and I think about being committed to the Word of God, there are two things that come to mind. First of all, as we go through the summer, we need to stay in the Word of God. First of all, we need to stay in the Word of God, and secondly, we need to stay with the Word of God. And we're going to talk about that second point in just a moment. First of all, consider, if you would, staying in the Word of God. Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 34 at verse 16, Seek ye out the book of the Lord and read. Could I encourage you throughout the summer months to rope off some time each and every day and read the Bible? In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, Paul said to give attendance to reading. There is the need on the part of all of us as God's people to spend quality time in the Word of God. How much time do you spend in the Word of God? Now, I know that during the summertime months, we get busy doing a lot of things. We're thinking about downtime. We're thinking about going on vacation. But I want to encourage you, though you may be enjoying periods of rest and relaxation, do not take time off from studying the Word of God, but rather be committed to this book. Do as they did in the first century. Continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Continue reading and studying the Bible. Maybe on a daily basis, read from the book of Psalms or read the Proverbs or pick out a book like Ecclesiastes and go through it chapter by chapter. Maybe, maybe read one of the narratives of the gospel. The point is to spend time reading and studying the word of God. Stay in this book. But then secondly, stay with the word of God. It's not enough to just read the Bible, but we must make application to our own lives. Now, the Bible says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. To me, that, that says that these first century Christians were staying with the Word of God. That is, they were adhering to the divine commands set forth by the apostles. One of the ways that you and I show our genuine love for God is by obeying his word. James talked about the futility of those who hear the word of God and fail to put it into practice. And so his admonition, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Making application of the word of God. It might be the case that throughout the summertime, months, we become lax in regard to what the Bible says. Maybe we dismiss some parts of the teaching of Scripture. Well, we want to make application to our lives on a daily basis. Remember, Jesus said, as God's people, we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We are to live as New Testament Christians before an unbelieving world. As Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, you show the world what it means to be a child of God. Wherever you go, whatever you do, do not forget 
that you are a child of the living God and that you are to glorify God in your body and in your spirit. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. And so we need to demonstrate the word of God as we live here upon this earth. So, first of all, be committed to the word of God. But secondly, be committed to the worship of God. Look again at verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. When Luke says that they continued steadfastly, in the breaking of bread and prayers, he's talking about worship. Worship is an integral part of the life of believers. All of us as God's people are to worship on a regular basis. So as we think about being committed to the worship of God, first of all, I would recommend, I would suggest unto you that we need to be regular in our presence. That is, we need to be regular in our worship to Jehovah God. Now, one of the problems that plagued the Hebrew Christians in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, is that they were forsaking the assembling together as the manner of some is. Jesus talked about the importance of worship in John 4, verse 24. He said, God is spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We know that the early church, they met together every first day of the week. Now, summertime, I know, holds a lot of memories for those of us in this assembly today. And there are occasions during the summertime months that we have trips planned, we have assemblies together with families and friends, picnics, etc. There are a lot of things going on, and it's easy to become lax in our worship attendance. I want to encourage you to guard against that. Sometimes it's easy for us to say, well, it won't hurt if I miss Sunday evening. Or it really won't matter if I, if I don't attend Wednesday night Bible study. I mean, after all, that's just one time. You see, the problem is when you begin missing, it can become habit forming. It's easy for us to let our guard down in the summer because we're trying to enjoy some rest and relaxation. We're trying to get away from the daily grind of life. But I want to encourage you, stay regular in your worship to God. You need to be regular in your worship to God because that's one of the ways that we become stronger, spiritually speaking. We encourage one another by our presence together. When we feed on the Word of God, when we engage in the act of singing, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're doing those things that should be strengthening our spiritual lives. And so be regular in your presence. But then, secondly, I would encourage us to be reverent in our praise. That is, be reverent in our praise to God. 
it might be the case that it becomes lost on us that when we engage in the various acts of worship, that we are in the presence of Jehovah God. In Isaiah chapter 6, the Bible says that Isaiah saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. He said, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And he said, above it stood the seraphim. Seraphim were simply angelic beings. And he said, with two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he did fly. And then one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now Isaiah, upon seeing this beautiful picture of the Lord sitting upon this throne, said, I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of an unclean people. Worship affords us the ability to see ourselves as we really are. That is, we recognize our frailties in this life. You know, sometimes in life we get to thinking that we're really something. We are puffed up with pride and arrogancy. And yet, worship affords us the ability to see God as He really is. And that is, He is high and lifted up. He is a holy being. Isaiah said, in response to seeing the Lord high and lifted up, in the long ago, this great prophet of God, he said, Mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Worship affords us the opportunity to see ourselves as we really are and to see God as He really is. That's why the psalmist said, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. To know that you and I have the opportunity to bow in the presence of God on a regular basis. I would encourage you, be regular in your worship to God and be reverent in your worship to God. After all, we're in the presence of deity. I think sometimes we forget that when we come together on the first day of the week, that we are the assembly. God is the audience. When we come together, we are glorifying Jehovah God. The word worship means acts of reverence paid to deity. We are giving God that which he is rightfully due. And so you and I have the opportunity to literally bow in his presence and bring honor and glory to his name. But then thirdly, as we think about staying strong through the summer, I want us to think about being committed to the work of God. We have to be committed to the Word of God. We have to be committed to the worship of God. And then thirdly, we must be committed to the work of God. Now, I know that during the summertime months, people are going to be coming and going. And when you have periods like that, those of us who are present, what do we have to do? Well, one of the things we have to do is take up the slack. Christianity is a team effort. There are no eyes in a team. It takes each and every person working together for good to advance the cause of Christ. 
Now, when you look at the early church, one of the things that they were doing is they were staying involved in the work of the church. Two things come to mind with regard to the church in the first century. Number one, they were going, and number two, they were growing. It may be the case that you and I are going to and fro during the next few months. But if we will stay committed to the work of God, we will grow. We will continue to go forward. Well, what about these early disciples? What about the fact that they were committed to the work of God? Well, first of all, I would suggest to you that they were faithful to the Lord. Look at verse 42 again. And they continued steadfastly. What does it mean to be steadfast in the faith? You remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15? In verse 58, he said, Be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not vain in the Lord. If you stay involved in the work of the church, guess what? You're going to stay faithful to the Lord. If you will stay involved, if you will find your niche in the body of Christ, if you will become one link in the chain, then you're going to stay faithful to the Lord, Jesus Christ. That's what we're encouraging. Stay faithful to the Lord. These people were faithful to the Lord, but then also they enjoyed fellowship in the Lord. The Bible says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. They were people of like precious faith, as Peter talks about in 2 Peter 1 verse 1. That is, they had a common bond. There was a sense of oneness that pervaded this body of believers. Verse 44 says, all who believed were together and, all, and had all things in common. The body of Christ is a unifying body. And we need to look at the body of Christ as a family. You and I, we belong to the family of God. We are a part of the greatest family on earth. That is, we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been sanctified. We've been set apart. We're to be faithful to him. These people enjoyed fellowship in the Lord. You and I today, we need to be grateful for the fellowship that we enjoy in Christ Jesus. But then also, the Bible says they feared the Lord. That is, they reverenced the Lord. Look at verse 43. Then fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Well, we know that the miracles that were performed in the first century were done so to confirm the word of God. That's what the Bible says in Mark 16, verse 20. But those of us who belong to the body of Christ, if we are reverential in our attitude towards the Lord, then guess what? We're going to be involved in the work of the Lord because we know we've been created in Christ Jesus under good works. We engage in good works not for our own glory, not for our own adulation, but rather to bring honor and glory to God. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so they feared the Lord. But then also they were fruitful for the Lord. Note, if you would, what is said. 
The Bible says in verse 45, they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their, their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. These people were benevolent. Benevolence is a work of the church. Was it not Paul that said, let us, as we have opportunity, do good unto all men? Now, I understand the need for a vacation. But the church does not go on vacation per se. In other words, the work of the church goes on. In the first century, there were still individuals who had needs to be met. There are people in our world today, there are people in this community that have needs that must be met. Well, you and I, as God's people, we have that opportunity. And so when we talk about fruitfulness for the Lord, they were benevolent, but then also they continued broadcasting the gospel. Look at verse 47. The Bible says the early church praised God. They enjoyed favor with all the people. Now note, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Those who were being saved had heard what? They heard the gospel. Well, who did they hear it from? They had to hear it from other saints. You and I as Christians, we are seed sowers. You know what the beauty of being a seed sower is? It doesn't matter where you go. You can sow the seed of the kingdom. Doesn't matter if it's in Memphis. Doesn't matter if it's in Olive Branch, South Haven. Doesn't matter if it's Florida, South Georgia, South Alabama. It does not matter. You can sow the seed of the kingdom. Now, those of us that belong to the church here, we want to be busy broadcasting the gospel on a regular basis. You see, if we continue sowing the seed of the kingdom this summer, the Bible tells us if it falls on honest and good hearts, it will bring forth fruit. I've said it before, I'll say it again because I believe it to be true. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. Why was the church growing in the first century? Because people took to heart the Great Commission. The church here can grow. The church here will grow. If we do our job, God will do His. The Bible tells us God's Word will not return unto Him void. Isaiah 55. Do you believe that? So, here's my question today. Are you going to stay strong through the summertime? Are you going to be committed to the Word of God? Will you be committed to the worship of God? Will you be committed to the work of God? My encouragement, stay strong this summer. Remember, the Bible says the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for a foothold in your life. All he wants is a crack in the door, and then he will wedge his way in. That's why Paul said, neither give place to the devil. If you'll stay strong this summer, God will bless you. 
And so our prayer for you, stay strong this summer. It may be the case that you're here today, you're not a Christian. What would you need to do to become a New Testament Christian? Well, the Bible says you have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, John 8, 24. That you have to be willing to repent of your sins, Luke 13, 3. Confess his name before others, Matthew 10, 32. And then be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, Mark 16, verse 16. If you do that, then the Lord will add you to his body, Acts 2, 47. And if you're faithful till death, the promise is the crown of life, Revelation 2, 10. If you're here today, you're not faithful to the cause of Christ, could we encourage you to come home? Could we encourage you to come before this assembly? We'll be happy to pray with you and for you with all assurance that God will abundantly pardon. Would you come as we stand and sing for your encouragement?